All right, and um, we're live. So, first of all, thank you for tuning in to the first episode of this. Um, I really appreciate each and every single person that's listening and each and every single person that um, may contribute in the future. So, this is the first episode of Speak, the podcast. Um, For those of you who are not aware, over last summer, um, I spent my three months at home starting a blog in an effort to raise awareness for athletes who struggle with their mental health and the stigmatization of athletes who struggle with their mental health. Um, Personally, I believe that there's a huge stigma in athletics, especially in organized sports, um, that makes it so that athletes who are struggling with anxiety or performance pressure, depression, any number of mental health issues or struggles uh, makes them feel like they can't talk to anybody. Um, There's this unspoken pressure that you need to be mentally tough. Um, It's hard to talk to teammates if you don't know if they're going to receive it, the news well, or receive your message. Um, It's hard to talk to coaches because you're worried about playing time or the way that they'll perceive you. Will they perceive you as weak now um, rather than strong? Um, But the thing about it is, is that everybody struggles. Um, Athletes struggle and athletes you know, sometimes struggle more than uh, most. Um, There's a lot of pressure that goes into being an athlete, whether it's professional or college or just in high school. And a lot of times for people who are susceptible to mental health struggles, um, it opens up a lot of opportunity for negative thoughts to come in or for some of these underlying issues to come out. Um, At least in my own experience and in the experience of some of my close friends who are also athletes, and professional athletes have talked about. I feel like recently there's been more uh, reception to talking about it in the sports community. You've got athletes like Kevin Love and Michael Phelps coming out and talking about the fact that they've struggled and the fact that they feel like they didn't have anybody to talk to. And it's great that these athletes are finally coming out and talking about it. But I feel like there needs to be a platform for athletes to share their stories without fear of judgment where um it's the platform is dedicated to this one specific cause of trying to break this stigma and trying to get these stories out um into the open and so i started a blog and i was taking the stories from athletes and they were sending in written submissions but i felt like i wasn't serving as big of a purpose as i could be just by posting written stories um and that's how we got here. I took some time off to finish school. Um, and now during this whole COVID mess, um, I have a little bit of extra time, obviously, as we all do. And so I thought there's no better time to start this thing than now. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is PJ La Barbera. Um, I'm currently enrolled in Pomona College, but I'm soon to graduate. Um, More importantly, though, I was more importantly to this cause is I've been in athletics my whole life. Um, Played football since I was in eighth grade all the way through college. In addition to football, I played baseball my whole life. I played soccer when I was younger. Athletics were and still are one of the defining factors of PJ, of me. Um, How we got here... Um, when I was going into my junior year of college, the summer before my junior year of college, 
my grandfather killed himself um, after struggling with, well, after suffering um, uh, a break of his psyche, more or less. Um, and so that really opened my eyes up to mental health struggles as a whole. And it was, it became very obvious to me over the course of the next season of football that I was playing at Pomona College that I was struggling with things and I had been struggling with things that I wasn't talking about and that I was suppressing. And sooner or later, it was going to come back to bite me and it was affecting my personal life, um, my relationships and the way I handled myself with my teammates, um, especially during camp of that year. And so it all bubbled up to this point um, where I was so petrified of talking to my teammates about it, so petrified of talking to my coaches about it, that before one practice one day, I, I, I felt like I couldn't even get out of bed. I was paralyzed by this fear that if I talked to my teammates about this grief I was feeling because of my grandpa, the, this pressure I was feeling, this performance pressure that I was feeling to you know perform well on the field, um, this fear of letting my teammates down, just overall you know bad mental thoughts and I'm not I've never struggled with clinical depression I want to make that very clear um, but I am high I do have um, anxious thoughts and negative thoughts um, so me I'm I'm not one of the more serious cases when it comes to mental health issues um, I, I don't you know, I've never thought about hurting myself or anything, but even for me, someone who just struggles from things that most people struggle with, I had a really, really hard time, you know, sucking it up and talking to my teammates about it and getting it out in the open. And so I let it boil over and boil over until finally I told my coaches. And when I told my coaches, I was met with nothing but, you know, respect, um, and compassion the opposite of the way I thought that I was going to be treated and the same thing happened when I talked to my teammates about it and so that got me really thinking you know how many other athletes how many of my friends um, how many other division one athletes I played division three you know a lot less stakes how many pro athletes are dealing with you know performance pressure anxiety depression grief um, and how many feel like they can't talk about it and so that's the whole purpose of this. Um, the structure of the podcast is going to be less of me just talking to the camera, hopefully from here on out. Um, every single week, I'm going to try to bring on an athlete and just talk to them about their experience with mental health struggles in athletics. Did they feel there was a stigma? Um, were they over able to overcome that stigma? You know, some of the some of the tactics that they use to get it out in the open or to overcome it, but mostly just to raise awareness to the general community that there is a large group of athletes out there that struggle with these things that that feel like that feel weak, that feel like they'll be judged, um, that need help and that need to know that it's okay to struggle. And that's the biggest thing about this is I want other athletes to see this and know that it's okay if they're struggling. Know that there are other athletes out there. Um, and so today I'm bringing on 
uh, a really good friend of mine. Um, I knew her the entirety of uh, high school, most of middle school. She's one of my best friends. Um, she plays division played Division One soccer at Pepperdine. And just an all-around amazing person, but one of the first people to submit to my blog. And somebody that I had no idea struggled, which just pronunciates the fact that, you know, these these things are hidden from public view and even from your close friend's view. Um, so we're going to get her on today and we're going to talk about how she overcome, what she struggled with, and, you know, just her whole story. And hopefully it'll help someone out there. That's the biggest thing about this is I, I really just want to help anybody struggling with this so we're gonna bring her on we're gonna talk to her and uh we'll see how this goes okay uh yeah so we're live um so like i introduced really quick this is brooke zanner brooke say hi hi my name's brooke zanner <laughs> um so brooke and i were very close in high school she's one of my very good friends um and first of all brooke thank you uh so so much for being willing to do this and being willing to come on and share your story um, it's like very, very important that people are willing to do this and important to talk about the things that they go through. And that's the whole point of this. Um, so thank you. Of course. Happy that you're making a platform for us to talk about it. Well, I'm doing my best. Um, so <laughs> why don't we talk a little bit, um, about what soccer means to you? I mean, I, I know that you played your whole life, but tell, tell everybody listening kind of how your identity is fitted to soccer. Yeah. So it's like, it's actually really interesting. And I was reading what I wrote for you um, last year. I read it today and I am in such a different place now than I was when I wrote it. I mean, I'm retired technically. So I finished my soccer career in November um, and my last game, Texas tech, we lost um, in the tournament. And so before I had written, uh, well, when I wrote that thing for you, it was before my senior year, and now my senior year is over, my soccer career is over, but um, when I ended, I was, I was ready to be done. I was kind of over soccer. I felt like I had given the sport everything that I needed to and that it had given everything I needed it to give me, and so I hung out my cleats. I was like, okay, good. I'm done. I didn't think I'd miss it. Um, and now it's, it's what, April? And I'm really starting to miss it. And I didn't think yeah. that it was going to come this soon. And um, I don't know if it's being stuck <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> that, may, that may have an effect on it. But I don't know. Soccer just meant everything to me ever since I was little. And it was how I identified myself. And um, I started playing since I was when I was four years old. And so started playing competitively in third grade. And then all the way up through high school and I got recruited and then for four years at the division one level. And when you are that wrapped up in something, it just becomes who you are. And like, if I was to describe myself, the first thing that I would have said was, Oh, I play soccer. And like, that was it. And so that's kind of how I define myself. So since November, I've had to figure out new ways to um, describe my identity and like new ways to something new to put my identity in. And, um, I'd still, I guess I'm still a soccer player, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think that'd be the first thing I would say about myself. But um, yeah, I mean, soccer just meant everything to me. And although it's not um, like how I identify myself now, it definitely made me who I am today. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can relate to that too. Like what you said about when people ask you, you know, what you do, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm a soccer player. Like, yeah, at, at, at Pomona, 
it was pretty much how I introduced myself. It was like, you know, you're so wrapped up in why you're at school and you're at, you were, you were at school to play soccer and I was at school, I mean, to get an education, obviously, and a good education, Pepperdine. But I always introduced myself as, oh, I'm on the football team. And that's like really how I saw myself is, oh, I'm a football player, you know, like, <laughs> and it's brutal. It's brutal when it's ending, but yeah, we're, we're going to get through it. Um, so freshman year, um, Pepperdine, I know from your blog that you came in with more or less an expectation of how things were going to go. Um, you had in your blog, you said you had, you know, this very set out and laid out plan of the way that your career was going to unfold. Why don't you talk about whether that happened, what, what it made you feel like when, you know, everything kind of played out? Yeah. So, I mean, you knew me, you know me very well and you knew me very well in high school. And I think that one people describe me is that I'm a planner and I like, like to control things. And I like knowing how things are going to go. And so entering freshman year, I had this picture perfect idea in my mind that I was going to come in. I was going to be a starter. Well, I knew I would have to earn it, but I just kind of thought that that's what was going to happen. And then thought we'd do our best, maybe win a WCC championship, make it to the NCAA tournament. So those were the expectations that I entered in as a young and naive 18-year-old of Pepperdine. And so I actually went to Pepperdine early. I went in July um, because Pepperdine offered summer school, and then we were able to train with our conditioning coach there. And so that gave me a little bit of confidence. I got to meet the girls and then um, came in. I did really well on the fitness test. That's the first thing you do for soccer at Pepperdine, and that's kind of um, the foundation that you set in the first, impre first impression that you give the coaches. So... I did really well on that and I was like oh okay great like check one doing great doing it so I felt good and then we started playing soccer and I was like oh my gosh what am I doing it's yeah. you can't even describe it like the speed of play in, in any college sport is just you can't prepare for it at all there's nothing like it so kind of got like my bell rung a little bit I was like oh okay not going how I thought but it's okay and then preseason came around and I had the opportunity to play a little bit and I did really well um, then I got more opportunities, and <laughs> there was just this one game when I had probably the worst game of my life and made so many mistakes, and I just, like, lost the game for the team, and I put it all on myself, and that's kind of where the rest of my season took a nosedive, and so I went immediately inward. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, I came here to play soccer, and I'm not even playing. I was, like, on the bench most of the season, but what made a difference for me and what my coaches saw is how positive I was. And of course it hurts. And when you have your identity wrapped up in something so much, you're going to be hurt. And as athletes, we're all competitive. And so of course I wanted to be out there, but I tried um, kind of putting my wants and my feelings aside for that year because I knew, okay, coming in as a freshman, it's not about you. It's about the team and you need to learn your role for that season and it, your role can change every year, and it will. For that season, I was meant to cheer on the team. I was meant to push people harder in practice. And what I couldn't give on the field during games, I was able to give in practice. And my coaches saw that. So freshman year was really tough in the moment. I, I just remember I hated it. I, <laughs> me and my roommate, one of my best friends, we were just like, we're done. We're done. We're not doing this next year. And we toughed it out, of course, and stuck it out. But um, it's really hard going through it in the moment. But looking back, you can see how much you, you grew. Um, and so while it was probably one, one of the hardest things I had to go through in college, um, 
I wouldn't give it back because it made me the player that I ended up being my senior year. And going further than that, it made me the person I am. It made me stronger. I was able to face adversity. And then flash forward senior season when I was a leader and I had all this experience, I was able, I had all these other experiences to relate to the freshmen with and um, Mm -hmm. be more well-rounded. So did not go the way I planned freshman year, but it's okay. (laughs) So when you were, when, because I know, you know, I didn't play my freshman year either and that really affected, you know, the way I saw myself. It really affected not only practices or what was happening on the field, but also, you know, it it bled over kind of into my freshman year and the way that I carried myself. I was, I, I was much sadder than usual. And I didn't really realize, I I mean, yeah, it's obviously because you're on the way to college and it's a big change, but looking back on it now, I know it's because I felt, yeah, like, you know, I'd made a mistake. Like, why am I here if I'm not playing and it like really, really affected me mentally. Um, so I know you felt that. Did you have anybody to talk to though? Did you feel like, did you even recognize that that's what was going on in the moment? Um, I definitely knew I was, I was sad. I was upset. And it was really hard for me freshman year to leave what happened on the field behind. Um, so what I really struggled with was if I did anything bad in practice, I carried that through me the rest of the day. Like if I had a bad training, it was a bad day. And I look back now and that's a lot easier to recognize, but I don't think I realized in the moment how much it affected me. Like if I had a bad practice, my mood for the rest of the day was horrible. And like, I felt like I was failing. If I was failing at soccer, I was failing at everything. And that was really hard. And that was definitely hard to deal with. I did have a lot of people I could talk to. I mean, my coaches, I picked Pepperdine because the coaches there actually gave you like a relationship with them. So I was able to talk about my feelings to my coaches to an extent. And then beyond that, I had my roommate Haley who knew everything and we were feeling a lot of the same feelings. So it was really nice to relate to somebody. But on the other hand, as athletes, we want to put up a strong front and we don't want people to know that we're hurting. So, mm-hmm. and even like, even in this day and age, I mean, you go on social media and, it was embarrassing. Like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed not to be playing. Like, you go on social media and you want to be showing, look at me. Like, I'm I'm doing all these amazing things in college. Like, I'm, I'm a collegiate athlete. So cool. But it's like, they don't see all the hard days and all the bad things that you go through. So, um, I had people to talk to, but to some extent, I was, I was embarrassed to talk about it because I didn't want people to know that how much it was really hurting me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I, I... Yeah. Yeah. It feels like I'm talking to myself right now because that's, and I feel like every athlete to an extent deals with these things, which is why it's so important to, you know, get this stuff out there. Um, So moving on past freshman year, sophomore, junior year, I know was a little bit better, but you still had some things that came up that made it difficult, um, specifically injuries. Um, And injuries are a whole different part of, you know, things that can go wrong during sports. But I know for me personally, the most the weakest I've ever felt mentally um and the most unlike myself I felt was after surgery um every time I've gotten surgery because as an athlete you're this very active person that's a defining thing about you and then when it's you know when it's ripped away from you you I personally fell into a very very deep and dark state um 
talking to myself now. And was kind of, yeah, and was, I was just stuck there. And yeah. I didn't really, and I wasn't out of it until until I was better. Um, so why don't, why don't you just talk about that? Talk about your experiences with that. Yeah, so just like sophomore year, quick recap was great because I was playing and doing well. So of course I was happy and it was great. Yeah. We, won, we actually won the WCC freshman and sophomore year. So sophomore year was, it felt to me like I actually put in the work and it felt like I had won that championship for us too. So came off a total high, it was feeling great. So soccer, um, it's a fall sport. So then we get a little bit of time off um, through Christmas. And then when we come back in spring or Jan we call it spring, but it's January, we hit the ground running, we're training for the next season. So sophomore spring, I got voted captain, which was a huge honor. I mean, to be a sophomore and to be voted captain, I, I was extremely honored and didn't think I deserved it, but tried taking on a role. And with that comes its own burdens to bear. But um, sophomore year, yeah, I came off this high. And then I had, like, a few minor injuries here and there sophomore year, but, um, like, in that spring, but it was nothing major. And then um, flash forward to the summer, I trained super hard. Like, I was just ready. I was ready to take junior year on. I, I thought that a starting position was mine for the taking. I mean, obviously, again, I had to earn it, but I was ready to put in all the work. And then day one of double days um, of fall, I broke something in my foot. It's like, it's called a Liz Franck fracture, but um, they thought it was turf toe. <laughs> so they thought I could play through it. So I, yeah. <laughs> with broken foot. I ran like our fitness test with it, got a really good score. Like I was, I just remember going to bed every single night crying. I, like, I cried myself to sleep every night. And like, I just prayed that I would wake up magically and my foot would be better. Cause I would like, Hobble to my bathroom on the side of my foot. But before I got out of bed, I'd be like, oh, no, today's the day. Like, my, my foot's healed. And so eventually after a month, it just it, it got too hard. I actually played in our first game, our first two games I played. Um, and then we got we were training at Texas Tech. It's kind of ironic that my last game was at Texas Tech at senior year because we played at Texas Tech that junior year. And I popped something in my foot again. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is it. Like, we're done. So when we got back, turns out I broke my foot. I was in a boot for nine weeks. And that, being injured, is nothing like sitting on the bench. It is a whole nother monster. Because when you're not playing because you're just not ready, but you're still healthy, you still have, you feel like you can control things because you can still work and you can get better. But when you're injured, you literally can't do anything. And it just feels like everything, I felt like everything was taken from me. I didn't feel like I had anything to do with it. And so that was hard. But again, I tried, I was a captain. I needed to be positive. I needed to be what my team needed me to be. And I kind of like went like full 180. Like I was like over the top. I was like a cheerleader. And <laughs> yeah. I, we have like travel rosters for, um, our, when we get into season and um I made the travel roster and I was injured and I made it over healthy people which I didn't feel like I deserved that but it was because of they called me the sideline energy expert and like haha so funny but deep down I was like oh my gosh like what is my yeah. life right so um I was I tried to be everything that the team needed to be and that was great and then nine weeks out of the once nine weeks passed I was out of the boot but um, training to get healthy again. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Spring of junior year, like, this is my time. So got really fit over winter and um, 
the little break before spring and I felt ready to go and like halfway through spring um before like we'd even really played games um we were at practice and like I just felt something weird in my knee and um in eighth grade I tore both my meniscus so I had surgery on those so I knew how that felt and I like looked over at my friend and like my meniscus is torn and she was like Brooke stop like it's not and I was like no it's torn so I tried lifting and then I had to tell my my weight coach I was like I can't do it like I need to go see the trainer and I went down she's like did all the tests and she's like Brooke like think your meniscus is torn and I started sobbing in the training room and like teammates were coming up to me like it's okay and I was just like oh it's the end of the world and it really was the end of the world for me because having yeah. gone through what I'd gone through I mean I it wasn't an ACL totally like people go through so many worse injuries and like I'm so grateful that mine wasn't as long but for me what was hard was the back-to-back injuries like had I torn my ACL day one of preseason that would have been like the amount of time that it took for me to get back with the two injuries and so again I just felt like everything was taken from me and so then I did another 180 and I was like gone I was so angry I was depressed like I went up to my assistant coach and he's he's amazing he's um he like trains us a lot with the mental side of sports um and I finally went to him I was like I'm done being positive I can't do it anymore like we talk a lot about how you have to be full of yourself in order to give to mm-hmm. other people I'm not full. I'm empty. Like I'm done. And I was so mad. And so I really went inward for a little while. And then, like you said, when you're used to being so active and part of me, for me, how I get out a lot of my anger and frustration is through working out. Like I can go on a long run or I can do a really hard workout and I'll feel a lot better. And I couldn't do that, especially after surgery. And, um, so that was just super hard. And then again, I (laughs) came back with the new vengeance and, trained the hardest I've ever trained all summer. So yeah. that was a really long way to answer your question, but. No, it's okay. I mean, that's, that's what you're here for. You're here to talk about you. Um, one thing that you said though, is, you know, when you're talking about, you know, getting everything ripped from you and not being able to play anymore and how your whole world feels like it's falling apart. For me, at least something that was added to that was, so I dealt with a lot of ankle sprains. Like I've sprained my ankle probably seven or eight times and it culminated to me finally you know tearing the ligament that pretty much holds my foot together and me needing to get surgery um but before that it was a lot of you know little things um little injuries that I wouldn't be able to play for a week but those to me were almost harder than when I tore my labrum or both labrums because you feel so weak like because it's like it's not a serious injury so you feel like you should be playing and at at least for me my biggest thing during those times was a I felt like I was letting everybody I cared about down because you know when you when you are starting you you are you're and you're an important player for the team if you can't play you're hurting the team so for me I felt Weak. I felt like I was hurting the team. I felt like if I was just a little bit stronger, I should push through it or I should just, you know, suck it up. And I, a lot of times I tried and ended up hurting myself worse. Um, but that really, really affected me. And I never really even expressed it to a lot of people. I had one confidant 
on my team. Um, she used to be a trainer. She was an assistant coach this year. And she was pretty much the only person I could talk to about that because I didn't want to go up to my teammates and be like, hey, by the way, I feel like shit because I feel like I'm letting you down because that sounds crazy. But it's like a real thing in your head, right? I, I felt this feeling a million times before. Yeah. And, and I, I never found a way to really work through that. So I was just wondering, like, when you felt that, did you, did you figure something out that you could do that kind of made that not crazy thought because it feels real, but that thought, those negative thoughts go away? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I experienced that exactly because I felt like I, I felt like I was hurting my team because as a captain, yes, it's about who you are as a person and what you say. But that doesn't mean anything if you don't back it up with actions. So yeah. I felt personally like I was saying all these things like you need to be doing the extra work. You need to be doing the extra running, all this stuff. I felt like I was saying all that and not doing it. And so I yeah. and my coaches had to remind me like, OK, Brooke, like you put you've put that work in. Your team knows how much work you've put in. But you forget all that. Like when you get injured, like your mind, your mind is injured because you are not healthy in that time. And so. I think that the way that I had to work through it, I, I had to talk about it a lot. Once I finally like unloaded and let it out, that really helped me. But I think what I ended up having to do was I had to realize, okay, what can't I do? Okay, like after my knee surgery, okay, right, right now I can't run. I can't do these things. I can't play soccer with my team. But what can I do? And so I turned into reaching out to players and using my voice and my voice really became my tool during that time and um though I couldn't be doing it with the running of the team I put all of my effort into my rehab so I tried anytime they were doing something fitness I would try and do fitness related like on the bike or whatever I was able to do and so I think that those crazy they they're crazy thoughts but they're real thoughts and they make sense and for people who've gone through injuries they know what that means and so I think it's important as hard as it as hard as it is to say it out loud and to somebody because once you actually say it sometimes it's not as big of a deal once you actually say it because like when you think about it it festers a lot and so mm-hmm. um, I just say my piece of advice would be to think okay yes there's some things you can't do right now but what can you do this is giving you opportunities to grow in other areas and maybe right now you aren't meant to be um, proving it to your team with your body, but you can use your heart and how much you're committed to the team and your voice to do it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I really agree with that. So, um, especially this season, one of the biggest things for me was I was starting at safety. And so I was, you know, I, I called out the defense and stuff and I had to know what everybody else on the field was doing. But when then I was, when I was hurt, I mean, obviously I wasn't out on the field doing that, but I felt like I could make a difference by teaching, you know, the guys that went in for me, everything I knew and still breaking down film and still finding tendencies and helping in that way. But then it got to a point where I was like, (sighs) this just isn't the same. And that, I don't know, that was tough for me. Um, All right, last thing. And then I'm gonna ask you um, last two things. So first of all, I know earlier you mentioned about how much um, either a bad practice or a bad game or bad performance kind of bled over into how you felt about yourself. Did you always, when was, when, when did you recognize that maybe that wasn't the healthiest thing? And did you do anything to try to change the way you like looked at yourself and what your self-worth was based on after recognizing it? Because 
my junior year is when I recognized it right after my grandpa passed away. Um, and for me, it was just constant, uh, self-affirmation, you know, um, personally, I had a very, 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 the worst game of football I've ever played. Um, I was responsible for letting up three touchdowns in one of the biggest games I've ever played in. We were still in contention for uh, going to playoffs and for winning the Skyac. Um, I was only a sophomore. I got thrown into a starting role after one of my buddies got hurt, um, and I blew it. And that was me freshman year. Me. And that, yeah, and it, I mean, it destroyed me. And for a long time, it's all I could think about. I mean. When I went to therapy this summer, it was actually something that my therapist and I had to like work through um, emotionally. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I figured that out junior year, and it was all for me about self-affirmation. You know, you are not the football player. You are PJ, blah, blah, blah. Um, what were some of your tactics that you did? Yeah, so obviously freshman year, it would be a bad practice, so I'd have a horrible day. Sophomore year was, oh, you had a – great practice so it's a great day so even then just because it was good it doesn't mean i i fixed the problem mm -hmm. um junior year it still bled into that but i'd say it really flipped the switch for me senior year and it took three years and it took everything that happened to me for me to switch it and one thing that helped was i i lived off campus my junior and senior year but senior year it really helped because i was able to separate what happened at school and i kind of left it there on the field and Really what I did was I just had to remember, I had to look at it this way. I had to think, okay, soccer is three hours of my day. There's like, what, 10 other hours during the day that I'm doing so many other things and things that I'm really passionate about. And so I kind of, soccer was my, like my passion, my focus in college, but I had to find something else that I could focus on so that my mind wasn't always on soccer. And for me, that was teaching. So I'm getting, that's what I was studying at Pepperdine. Um, I'm getting my teaching credentials. And so um, junior and senior year, it got a lot more serious. I was in classrooms more, I was teaching more. And so when I was able to focus on that and realize, okay, wow, there's more to me than just soccer. Like I'm a teacher. Um, I have all these relationships with these students and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That really helps me. So um, I should have affirmed myself, self-affirmed like you did. I think that I, I wish I knew that because that would have been really helpful, especially earlier on. But I think for me, it was just realizing that, yes, soccer is important. And yes, I will give my all in it. But there's also so many other things in life that are important. And as long as I can say that I gave my all at practice, whether it was good or bad, if I can say I gave 100%, yeah, not every pass was perfect, didn't connect all my passes, but I gave it my all and I tried my best. That for me is what really helped. So I would just say if you are able to look at, look at yourself in the mirror after and know that you gave your all and then you realize that, okay, there is more to life. You have other passions. You have other interests. That, that That's what really helped me. Got it. Yeah, and that's great. That's all, Those are all really, really great things. Um, so last thing, um, there's a stigma that exists. Um, both of us have kind of experienced it. Um, you were surrounded by amazing people, so I don't think that you experienced it as much as I did. Thank God. Um, but for athletes who are out there that are struggling with, you know, self-doubt or worth tied to their performance or bigger things like clinical depression or anxiety, um, overwhelmed by grief that feel like they can't talk to anybody, what, what would you say to them 
do you have a specific message to them? I don't want to put you on the spot. If you don't, that's fine. But is there anything that you want to say to them? I would, I would just say you're not alone. I think yeah. I didn't, I did experience it, but not to the extent that some other people did. Like you said, I was surrounded by some really amazing people, but even when you are surrounded by amazing people, there's still moments when you feel really alone. Um, I would just, so I would really just want to say to people that you aren't alone and that, what you're feeling is okay and it's normal. Don't feel guilty for what you're thinking. But if you are thinking these things, you need to get them out. Because when you mm -hmm. just think them and your head just spins, they just fester into this monster that is so much more of a big deal in your head than when you actually say it. And so if you don't have those people to talk to, you can journal. I mean, sometimes when I was really struggling, it really helped for me to just write it down. And then once I saw it on paper, it seemed like something I could... I could conquer and conquering it isn't going to happen overnight and it could take years. You could never completely conquer it, but you can find ways to deal with it and cope with it. So I just would want people to know that they aren't alone and that you can talk to people and people have gone through what you've gone through and um, it's important to talk it out and just, you're not alone. It's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. I think that you put it as, as perfect as you can. Um, Brooke, thank you so much. I, I can't express the amount of gratitude I have for you and your friendship and for you coming on here. Um, I hope you survive this whole quarantine thing. And hey, I love you. Thank you so much. All right. And just one more time, thank you so much to Brooke Zenner for being the first guest on Speak Podcast. Um, I can't express what that means to me. And I think it's so important that she got her story out there as the first one just because of how close we are and how um, good of a friend she is to me. Um, so thank you, Brooke. And she had a lot of great things to say. Um, but I think one of the most important things that we can take away from this first episode, um, and kind of set the whole theme for what this is going to be all about is something Brooke said right at the end, um, that, you know, if you're struggling, you, you are not alone. Um, no matter how alone you feel in the moment, um, you're not, there are other people struggling. Your teammates are probably struggling. Um, so it's very important to understand that and that I'm so glad she said that because that is that's the whole reason I'm doing this um, When I was struggling I felt I felt so alone um, And I, I really wasn't there were my teammates. I had teammates struggling with me um, I'm sure coaches were struggling um, with their own personal things when I finally, you know realized that I was dealing with these things and talked to my teammates about it. It was amazing how many teammates I had come to me to, to talk through these things, um, to, to sit down and really talk about what we were feeling. And it was incredible how much it helped all parties involved. Um, if you get these things out in the open and you talk about them, it's not guaranteed that things will get exponentially better or all the way better, but things will improve. Having somebody to talk to, having somebody to express yourself to who understands what you're going through and, and cares about you is one of the most important things we can do. And if you feel alone, you are not. You are not alone in this. We're all in this together. Um, for the listeners, thank you so much for listening to this first edition. Um, hopefully I'll see you next week with a new guest. Um, but for now, that's all we have. Um, this is Speak, the podcast. Please, if you liked it, download. There will be new editions soon. 
um, and I'll keep everybody updated on when those are coming out. Thank you so much for listening. I'm signing off. Have a good night. Goodbye.